Here at IMC, we believe half of financial literacy is about knowledge. Now that other half, now that's lifestyle. It's the way you live. It's the way you move. So together we are going to demystify this good old world of finance and wealth building through our intentional guests and dialogue. Make sure you subscribe, stay tuned, and of course, stay planted. All right, good people, we are back for another IMC recap. Uh, we have a special guest today, and of course, you're going to have to wait a little bit. We're going to go through our stories and highlights of today. Uh, but if you are not aware, if you have student loans, hopefully um, you saw the news of the extension. And so we are going to speak to the certified student loan professional, Megan Landry. So we're super excited about uh, her giving us um, really the perspective that we need moving forward, especially for those that have student loans. So without further ado, let's jump right in. So uh, in the sports world, we know that the name image and likeness has began to uh, permeate itself into different type of uh, representations from Milo's uh deals all the way down to different car deals and so this is one that was actually announced today that i thought was very unique um this good gentleman here uh uh thompson signs his nil deal with bill knight ford so as you can see here this is a car dealership this gentleman plays basketball with ohio state university at big bright orange there um so bryce thompson uh this is the gentleman he actually um part of this this nia deal an IL deal, he's able to move forward with the orange Ford Mustang. So this was announced today, of course, Friday, and he is a transfer from Kansas. So this particular transfer, um, I believe this is the second player with uh, Oklahoma State to sign an NIL deal. Uh, the other one is, is Donovan Williams. Now, I will say, as I'm excited about this deal, and I want everyone to, to check out that orange. Now, I'm a fan of this deal. And I don't know how um, car, really car deals are structured. Um, but if I was Bryce, I probably wouldn't have moved forward with the orange Mustang. You know, that's kind of like, you can't really be too incognito. You know, it's like, hey, there's Bryce at the gas station. You know, it's going to be very easy to track you down. Um, but shout out to Bryce on moving forward with this deal. Very interested to see what this turns out for him long term. Um, I think that this is probably one of the easier deals that, You'll be able to negotiate considering the tangible form of a vehicle, the use of it, and then just the name recognition. And so just excited to see more of these manifest. Um, so be on the lookout for just the different ways name, image, and likeness begins to uh, to, to really show itself um, throughout this season and beyond. And according to Thompson's father, uh, this deal with Bill Knight will begin with really branded posts across social media which could also lead to possible appearances and commercials and other sponsored content. So again, hopefully that this business model operates in the best interest of the athlete um, uh, long-term and also short-term. So great job on that. To our next article here, three players from the G league ignite selected in the NBA draft. Now, as you know, with our previous content and also through our uh, planning podcast, we have talked uh, pretty aggressively on how the future of college basketball and the future of basketball is is shifting over time. 
just the way and really in the same breath of name, image and likeness. These athletes want to get paid for their sacrifice and, and, and the type of um, really the money that everything around the athlete is able to generate if they operate at a high level. So this was a very interesting stat, because if you look at the let's go back to the 2010 draft, the top 15 selections came through college. Now, during this year's draft, as you can see that there were three players from the G League that was drafted, uh, um, uh, but two of them actually were selected in the top seven. So if we zoom out, these kids essentially skip college. <laughs> they train. Uh, they earned about $500,000 plus, And now they're about to sign a multi multi-million dollar contract with the NBA. So to say that things haven't changed, this is the evidence. And I think that this is uh, a great example to show athletes that you need to start preparing yourself. Uh, more importantly, you need to start educating yourself on how money works because the younger you are is, is actually uh, reflecting the different opportunities you're able to cash in on if you have the right people around you and the right process and, of course, the right information. So hopefully that these gentlemen um, really show the roadmap on how to transition out of high school, play a year, uh, make some money, and then ultimately make it to the NBA. Uh, um, so shout out to Jalen and Jonathan on, on their contracts being selected within the top seven picks, but also just to show that the, the sports arena is adjusting people. It is definitely adjusting. All right. So now let's move on to our next topic here. So we're going to get out of the sports arena just for a little bit. And we are going to go all the way out to San Jose. Now, I just could have thought there was an y'all already did all the Silicon Valley updates, but it looks like good old Google is planning a new Silicon Valley campus uh, with a hardware hub that the plans display. And so as you can see here, uh, Google is in a process of really establishing a larger building to um, ultimately align themselves with their different research and development projects. So they spent about $400 million in the area of San Jose, uh, California, um, which is detailed within the proposals. What I'm very curious about we know that the cost of living in California is not cheap. Um, there has been a few companies that have transitioned their home office from California to Texas. So I don't know what type of incentives that the city council or the, or the, or the state of California provides for uh, Google and, and we'll just say tech companies that are similar. But just considering the cost of living, man, I would probably look at doing that in another state. But regardless... Um, as you can see, uh, uh, this R&D has hundreds of updates to three industrial buildings, meeting rooms, lounge areas. Uh, um, and then as well, one of the components, and I got to make sure I, uh, I speak to it correctly, um, but it's, it's, they are actually moving forward to bring more of their hardware, hardware efforts in-house. Um, and this individual, Rick Osterlo, he oversees devices and services, which includes Nest, the Google uh, home uh, smart speakers, the Pixel smartphone, Pixel laptops, um, all the way down to um, some of the, uh, um, this is, here we go, uh, the chips. So Google announced arguably its most serious attempt at a hardware this week when it said it will be ditching 
Qualcomm chips in creating its own, including those used for its flagship Pixel phone. Now, if you've been keeping up with the news, you know that there has been a chip shortage. So Qualcomm, I, I want to say they announced back in March that they were trying their, their best to keep up with the demand. So I see this twofold in regards of, you know, one, anticipating them getting into the space of producing their own product that they use to be able to um, implement within a different softwares and a technology that they have, but also seeing the opportunity. So I'm interested to see how this goes. Again, not the biggest fan of, you know, building in California, just considering the cost. Um, um, but again, we don't know what those details look like on the back end in regards of the contractual, um, um, we'll just say incentives uh, that may make it easier for Google to make this make this decision. And so very interesting tech space. If you have any children and um, they love playing the video game or things of that nature, don't beat them up too much. There may be a job opportunity there. So let's just make sure that we can align some education that could uh, help them uh, uncover what that could be. Back into the sports world. And we have one more topic before we get to our, our guest speaker. Um, Saquon Barkley. So this gentleman said, all right, all my future endorsements moving forward, pay me in Bitcoin. Now he's had some pretty nice endorsements thus far. Uh, so from, uh, Nike to Pepsi to Toyota to Visa and Hulu. Um, and he actually shared this, uh, during his, um, interview with the best business show podcast by, uh, Anthony Pompliano, AKA pump. Uh, and really shared the importance of uh, leveraging Bitcoin, seeing the future of Bitcoin, uh, but also saying that, all right, I see this as a long term tool. So let me position my dollars um, that way and align myself in Bitcoin to be able to appreciate it that way. So we all know that Bitcoin has been a topic of conversation within the NFL, especially with Russell Okung, where he said, hey, I want to get paid in Bitcoin. And ended up doing that. He converted half of his $13 million salary into Bitcoin and it is doing well for him. I want to say he may have doubled his money by now at the time in which he converted it to Bitcoin. And then as you can see here, our $100 million contract quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, good old tweet by Sean Copeland saying, hey, you trying to talk crypto sometime? Patrick Mahomes tweeted back, said, soon enough, we will. So I don't see this stopping in regards of Bitcoin uh, adoption. You can look at the institutional adoption to all these larger companies uh, participating in the cryptocurrency, uh, uh, we'll just say arena. Um, so this is, again, a um, interesting positioning of, 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 of his endorsements, but I think that this is going to yield some good dividends for him long-term. And for our last topic i have to uh of course show all my pearly whites to express my excitement to bring on our good friend miss megan landris so as you know biden has extended the student loan payment freeze through january and um folks got questions right and and, and i think it's good to be able to speak to a professional to know the best way to leverage that. Cause someone may read that and be and say, all right, well, I'll see y'all in January. Or someone may say, all right, well, let me continue to leverage this moment. We don't know, right? And so we said, okay, 
Let's bring on our friend Megan Landry to talk about the best way to navigate with this new announcement and also to get her thoughts and insight on what folks should be thinking moving forward. And so I am going to get Megan, give us a second and we will get rolling up. And there she is. Megan, how are you doing, my friend? Hello, I'm good. Thanks for, for having me on to, to chat my favorite things, student loan stuff. <laughs> well, you know, I think, uh, of course, you were the first I thought of when I saw the, the news come out. And I knew that you'll be able to provide some good insight. And uh, if anyone is going to speak about student loans on a Friday, I knew it was going to be Megan. So oh yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I told you, you were the first person to text me about the, the extension. I had a client who was like just maybe seconds behind you, but you were the first person. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So I'm big news. That title. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm a, I'm a read a quick overview and then just give us your immediate reaction. So the Biden administration will relieve Americans from paying their federal student loans through the end of January, extending the pause for what it says is the last time as the government seeks to keep the economic recovery rolling. The move continues the suspension of payments for all loans owned by the education department, maintaining a 0% interest rate and keeping in place a freeze on the collection defaulted debt. Payment will begin coming due again on February 1st. Mm -hmm. So what's going on? What all that mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we we actually have been in this payment freeze environment since March 13th, 2020. So mm. it's been almost 18 months now and they've continuously extended it just as COVID continued to unfold and our economy continued to unfold and <laughs> start to recover, but we're not quite there yet. Um, so they there was a lot of talk about them extending it again. I was originally pretty pessimistic about it because uh, it had already it was already going to be 18 months. But I think there's indicators and just a lot of things that are, are telling them that, hey, maybe it is best to just postpone until uh, now. It's January 31st of 2022. That's when the interest freeze will be lifted. Payments, the earliest they can kick in now uh, will be February of 2022. So that's really big news. Right, right, right. So if someone um, let's say they actually been continuing to make payments, you know, they mm -hmm. haven't been disrupted in regards of their income. Mm -hmm. What's any recommendations that you have for them now? They may say, okay, well, you know, I was making payments, but I want to apply that towards something else. Like what, what would you say to someone that has the money to continue to make payments? Mm -hmm. Um, but they're thinking about applying it elsewhere during this, we'll just say freeze. Yeah, I mean, you have the luxury of deciding to do that. Um, the Any payments you do make during this 0% interest environment will make your money go further on your payback schedule just because you're not competing with that interest rate. Um, so it does. it is really impactful to make payments on your loans now if that's the plan, to pay off your balance. Um, but other things can definitely take priority, like taking care of your family, um, building up emergency savings. If, if you feel like that's always been hard for you to do, take now to do it, you know, build up your emergency reserves or pay down credit card debt with it. Um, it, it is a unique opportunity. And I think you can prioritize other things if if that's something that you need to do. Um, and, you know, we've got time to do it now. So that's exciting. Right, <laughs> right. right. 
So who's hurting the most with this pause, right? So, you know, ultimately, um, somewhat similar to the eviction moratorium to where landlords are saying, all right, well, we do understand that we don't want to increase the spread of this virus, but I still got to get paid, right? Mm -hmm. And the, I guess probably what would be a bit different with this situation with the student loans is that the federal government did allocate resources for rental assistance and uh, landlord um, uh, assistance for those that may have fell behind. Mm-hmm. Who is hurting the most with these payments not having to be applied or, uh, w- you know, just during this freeze? Like, you know, who, who's who's getting a short end of the stick? Ah, uh, so it the, these loans are federally owned. So kind of the government in a way. <laughs> because <laughs> They're not getting paid. Um, the contractors that the servicers that manage the loans that they're contracted to do that for the government, um, they're still getting paid because they have a contract with the government. So, I mean, it's, it's more so like we're just, we're continuing to kind of dig ourselves into this hole of debt that our nation has had. Um, but you know, at, at that's kind of the positive thing that there's no one personally being hurt by this. I think maybe some people who are kicking themselves and, you know, for, for maybe refinancing before this 0% interest was implemented. So I I've had lots of folks reach out and said, dang it. Like I, I refinanced right before COVID and now they have a private loan that is not taking advantage of this 0% interest period. So not that they they would be hurting necessarily unless they they have had some hardships since then um but those are the only folks i think about as far as like oh man if they just waited like a little bit longer yeah, <laughs> but yeah. ultimately it was the right decision for them i think refinancing is something that you can do if you're committed to paying off the loans pretty aggressively you want to reduce the interest rate that was probably the right long-term decision for them. And no one could have predicted a pandemic. And so right, right, <laughs> this is just right. kind of bonus. It was never guaranteed for anybody. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, as far as impact goes, it's more so kind of on the government. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up with the, it's kind of like the, I don't want to say it's virus remorse, but it's just like, Oh, shucks. I thought I was being responsible. You know, and, and, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, here comes the pandemic. So um, yep. that's tough. That's tough. That's that's it's good to know, though, as well, just in regards of, you know, you may have a few folks that, you know, may think that, OK, we're hurting this company. But, you know, ultimately, it's government that's, that's holding the note. Um, yeah. I don't think anybody feels sorry or bad for these student loan servicers anyways. Right. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's, it's funny because the you know, whenever you see like a company get you know, their information may get hacked. And at at some point during the day, you're going to see a tweet and say, hey, you guys are hacking the wrong people. You need to hack that <laughs> yeah. database where them student loans are, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, too. I have client like I've, I always joke about how like the hardest part of just tackling your student loans is like getting access to your information and your accounts, like logging yeah. in and resetting your password. And it's funny because it's like if anyone really wanted to log in to your account, you know, let them pay pay off my loans. (laughs) Like, why are we being so? uh, Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Come on now, let's loosen it up. What what are we doing? What are we doing? That's good. That's good. So, what would you say if 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 you could 
uh, speak to different profiles of clients, right? Mm -hmm. So we may have someone that is single, uh, gainfully employed, doing well. They have uh, federal student loans. You may have a two-income household with a few dependents. Um, um, you know, they may have a combination of private and federal student loans, and then you may have a business owner, right? So let's, you know, if we do three different profiles, mm -hmm. um, yes, we are speaking on the extension of the um, pausing in the zero percent interest, but just in general, if you just took those three different profiles and say, okay, if you could start here in regards of uh, tackling your student loan uh, liability, this is what I would do. These are the first three steps. And so let's start with a single individual, no dependents, gainfully employed. What would you recommend to them during this moment of the extension that will probably best position them for their student loan strategy long-term? Mm -hmm. Yeah. First and foremost, uh, get a good feeling of what situation you're looking at. You know, what types of loans do we have? Do we have federal? Okay, great. Let's get access to our account. Let's update our contact information. So as these changes continue to unfold, we have up-to-date information on that. Um, the next question to ask yourself is, do we work in a public service capacity? Are we a teacher? Are we working in a nonprofit? Are we some kind of government employee? Um, if that's the case, then we want to be looking into a program called public service loan forgiveness or potentially teacher loan forgiveness. And we've talked about that before on, yeah. on another one of your videos. So that's a program where uh, federal loans can be forgiven after making 120 qualifying payments. And the best part about this payment freeze is that as long as we've been working full time for a qualifying employer, all of these months will count towards that public service loan forgiveness timeline as if we were making payments, but we don't wow. have to. Wow. No. Wow. So that could be big for folks who right. are pursuing forgiveness. Um, so that's the first question to ask. Am I working in a public service capacity? Do I think I'll be there for a while? If so, look at public service loan forgiveness. Uh, you can go through the PSLF help tool on um, studentaid.gov. And that'll walk you through how to get yourself into uh, the right repayment plan and how to make sure you have the right types of loans. Um, next question, if that's not relevant, would be, where does my balance stand in comparison to my income? So if your balance is about the same or lower than your annual income, and you know we want to start making progress towards our student loans, now would be a really great time to start making payments while we have that 0% interest. And right. you don't necessarily have to be on a payment plan to do that. You could just log in and make payments uh, based on whatever you're able to do right now. Right. Um, the other side of the coin, if our balance is much greater than our annual income, we might wanna be considering going that longer term forgiveness path on one of the income driven plans because mm -hmm each of those income-driven plans that are available in the Fed system have a maximum repayment period where you could only be paying on them for 20 or 25 years, depending on the plan, and whatever balance is left over is then forgiven. And mm -hmm. mathematically, it works out well to where if someone's balance is, is greater than their income uh, and will be for the foreseeable future, that forgiveness path is going to it's, it's going to be mathematically more efficient than trying to pay it off. So with that said, similar story to public service loan forgiveness, 
all of these months are going to count towards that forgiveness timeline. So we just have to make sure we're on an income-driven plan, not making payments right now necessarily, but going ahead and getting that free credit. So those would be kind of the three questions to ask. Mm, That's good. And so that definitely applies towards uh, single individuals and definitely two income households. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that there is a little bit of nuance on how married couples file. Can you speak to that quickly on, you know, what they Mm -hmm. probably need to be mindful of? Yeah. So federal loans are weird in the sense that if you have them, your spouse's income might impact them. Um, So if we're on an income-driven plan and only one spouse has student loan debt, if we're filing our taxes jointly with our spouse, then our payment is going to reflect our spouse's income as well, not just our own. So we often talk about a, a filing strategy of filing taxes separately to exclude spousal income if we're on either pay as you earn, income-based repayment, or income-contingent repayment. Those three income-driven plans allow us to keep our payment off of our own income if we file taxes separately. That's a big... Now, people, you're still together. You're still (laughs) married. This is just a tax strategy. That's Yep. (laughs) It's so, so funny how like... (laughs) I've literally had people get on a call with me and say, we haven't gotten married yet because we don't know how this is going to impact things. Or like on the flip side of that, I've had people say, it doesn't make more financial sense for us to get divorced. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, there's, we can pivot. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I'm oh, so serious. So I get those questions all the time. <laughs> I bet. I, I bet. What a, what a moment to be in. And, you know, husband mm-hmm. or wife may look at each other and say, well, I, I guess, um, Guess we met the end of the road here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, so much good information. And then for our business owners, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if are there any specific steps or um, uh, questions they should be asking themselves as they look at their student loan uh, li- liability as a business owner? Yeah. So as a business owner, we're we're probably not doing public service anything unless we started a nonprofit. Um, But I think with income being as variable as it can be for business owners, staying in the federal system can be very advantageous. And because we can take advantage of income driven options or generous forbearance availability, if there is, you know, uh, just issues with income at some point in time. Um, so, you know, I think sometimes folks are fast to suggest refinancing. I think refinancing is a great option at some point if it makes sense for your specific situation, but getting the lowest interest rate is not always the most important part of your student loan plan. It could be locking in flexibility, um, just having the ability to, you know, not have to make a payment. You know, it's, it's so much harder to do that in the private sector. And then COVID is also a perfect example of how flexible federal loans are because federal loans, no one has been making payments for 18 months. Interest has been at 0%. Private companies didn't have to do that for people. And so um, always be careful. You know, I think, again, refinancing is a great option. It can be a great option for someone who it makes sense for. But make sure, financially speaking, we feel very confident walking away from the federal system. And if you're a business owner, 
um, th that's even more true just because our income can be very variable to where you can always accelerate and make payments to pay it off faster. Um, there's no prepayment penalty or I wouldn't say there's a downside to doing that, but just be careful with refinancing, I would say right. there. That's good. So much, so much good information. How can folks get a hold of you? Somebody's listening to this and they saying, all right, I got questions. I need to talk to Megan. What would be the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah. So you can reach me. Uh, so financial coach, Megan, you can Google that, find my website, schedule an introduction call with me to talk through your situation, what you're looking for help with. And um, I do full blown financial coaching. So working with folks on the basics of a financial plan. So like budgeting, debt reduction, um, student loans. <laughs> so, um, so you can reach out, uh, email me, uh, give me a call, set up an introduction call or find me on, um, uh, Instagram. I was trying to think of the name. I was like, what is that thing called? The Instagram machine. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm out, I'm out here talking, you know, anyway, we, you know, who knows there's going to be another one, uh, uh, coming here, uh, moving at some point, I don't know yeah. what I was just about to say. But um, Hannah, look, she dropped a ton of free jewelry um, and gave Loki a shameless plug on the planning podcast because she did. Um, she's done actually a few interviews with us that we've been able to share. And so please check those out, especially when it pertains to the public service loan forgiveness, um, especially for teachers, because you got really detailed on uh, on on that interview. And so we are so grateful for you. I feel like every time you you drop all this free jewelry that um, that I'm I'm supposed to be uh, filling out a you know invoice like I need to pay for you <laughs> nah. <know>, so uh, <laughs> I always love chatting with you our conversations are always fun <laughs> that's good well you know we're we're gonna bring you back this is fantastic and even you know even better that this is Friday timely for those that will be listening so all the planners out there um, please. Um, holla at Megan if you have any questions follow her on social media she provides a ton of great content we shared as much as we can and I think you sent out uh, an email and I needed to go and include include that in our newsletter so um, that is it with our recap for today hopefully this has been useful for you make sure you share with a friend uh, subscribe to our podcast, anything that, you know, like share with financial coach Megan. So all of that, all the social media platforms, make sure you support. I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. And as you know, stay 